really hit this. You just praise the Lord for that and um, praise the Lord that he's um, always there. Matter of fact, when you talk about hunger for, we're uh, uh, dealing with just one one verse. I'll be dealing with one verse this morning. Isn't that something? Uh, uh, and I promise you, I'll stay with that one within that one verse as much as possible. Well, let's bow in a word of prayer. Father God, we just want to pause this morning and thank you for your word. As we think about getting what you're looking for, Lord, may we understand the dynamics of that as we go on the Sermon of the Mount. And Lord, I'm just praying that we as individuals get what we're looking for, what is depending on what they're looking for. Thank you for our time. Thank you for the understanding. Help me to clearly um, share this with the saints of God. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we uh, come this morning and we're looking at uh, Matthew 5, 6. And we want to look at the, uh, uh, the verse starting off for uh, this particular time. Matthew 5, 6 reads as follows. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. See, a simple verse. That's just taking a simple verse. Um, you, you, you're going over the, the, you know, the beatitudes and all that. But it says, but notice this, this one says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. That's what my outline is. That's what we're going to break out for you. As we uh, go forward then, when we talk about this whole idea of hunger and thirsting after righteousness, uh, I don't know whether you have that hunger and thirst. What does, it, what does that look like? How, how, how does it feel? Uh, oh, you know when you, you are physically hungry, and you know when you're physically thirsty, okay? Uh, you know it's something that you just can't think away or, you know, uh, it's going to come back. You can go to sleep, you still wake up hungry and thirsty. But it's, it's something that's a part of your, your physical anatomy that requires that for you to continue to live and go on. Okay, then we can go to our next verse then. In the introduction, finish this sentence. I consider myself blessed. Do you consider yourself blessed? Defining the term, being blessed is based on the relationship, position, and character of the recipient of God's favor, grace, and approval. Uh, but understand, understand something. When we start off this word and being uh, what they call um, uh, ethnologists, when you look at words like this, uh, like the word blessed, we need to break out what does it really mean. And we want to break that out too. We need to understand a couple of angles uh, about being blessed by God. Uh, unbelievers are blessed based on the goodness of God. 
As a matter of fact, that's what scripture says, Matthew 5, 44. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons and daughters who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and send rain on the just and the unjust. So the just and unjust, they're blessed. Well, they know they're not. America been blessed for so long that they think they, they deserve it, you know. We haven't had this in a hundred years. We never had this because you were blessed. You were blessed and, and you were the nation that, that took care of Israel. And if you bless Israel, then I'll bless you. Oh, you're, you're blessed. I'm not talking about that type of blessing. Now that's the first type of blessing we, we look at. The believers are blessed based on the spiritual condition of their hearts toward God. This is for saved only folks I'm talking to. But what about the lost? But they, the, the word will get to them sooner or later. But I'm just talking to the saints right now. When I'm talking about the whole idea that it, when it comes down to hunger and thirsting after righteousness, an unsaved person can't do that because they don't even know God or righteousness. They're blinded by the God of this world. So, so this, is, this is a family thing here. And Jesus Christ, as he talks to his disciples and what have you, in that Sermon on the Mount, and he said, blessed are, blessed are. But he says, now I want to get down to where it really matters, where we really make a difference. You are blessed. And he goes on from there. Okay? Thinking it through. Physical blessings are time-sensitive and depend on the various situations in life. Let us consider these three embedded in this verse. When we look at the, um, the blessing that our Lord is talking about, we're, we're breaking it down to the profile, the pursuit, and the promise. What is it? The profile, the pursuit, and boy, you memorize that so well, especially when it's on the sheet, on the, uh, on the screen. Okay, well then, let, let's get started as we go. The profile of a blessed person. When the word blessed, past tense, do you notice that? When the word blessed is used, it implies a sense of worth, value to the person or individuals. Saints of God, when God saved you and you're on the other side of the, the cross of Calvary, you are blessed. That little song, I'm blessed and I know that I am. Hey, you are blessed. We are blessed. You, it hasn't, has nothing to do with your feelings. I hope your feelings catch up with you. But you are blessed. Repeat that to me. I am blessed. When you wake up in the morning, you may be challenged with a number of things. But all of the challenges you have, that's challenging the physical body, here's what you should say out of your spiritual life. I am blessed. Through all, all of this, I'm still blessed. I have a God that I can pray to. I'm still blessed because I have, he's my heavenly father. I'm still blessed because I can approach his throne boldly. I'm still blessed because I'm only passing through. I'm not going to stay here. I'm still blessed because I'm on my way to glory and I'll see him face to face. So this little pain and affliction that I'm going through right now compared to eternity, I'm blessed and I know that I am. What about you? Blessed. God's position's uh, uh, several things are apparent. It is an acknowledgement, an affection, 
and approval and attention that is given and the availability established. When the Lord bless you, get this now, you have his full attention. You have his full attention. You don't have to, uh, you don't have to shuffle up to him and say, Lord God, oh God, this is what I said. God says, no, you approach the throne boldly. My son died for you, so when you walk up to me, and according to my word, you're on the other side of the cross now. You're a citizen of glory. I got you forever. So when you come to me, come to me as Abba, Father. Come to me and talk to me. Why? I'm blessed. Do you, do you know that you're blessed? Don't let this world snatch that thinking from you. Because if you're not deep, uh, if you're not blessed, you will become depressed. Either way, well, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm a free agent. Either you're blessed or you are depressed. Satan will take you to a level of depression that is beyond your uh, uh, comprehension. Then having the privilege uh, and ability and presence of mind to hunger and thirst after righteousness is not the norm. It clearly distinguished those who are drawn into a relationship with God. A blessed person is in the right standing with God. God does not bless you on the other side of Calvary and you acting crazy. I, I tell you what he'll do. He, he, always, he always will respond. He, he might not bless you, but he will whip you. Whip your glutus maximus to make sure that you get your act together. Why? You're my child. You don't act like this on the other side of Calvary. So that, that's, that's important. So you're in the right standing with God. And every morning we need to make sure that we are positioning ourselves. It's not an accident. We position ourselves to be in the right standing with God. There are a uh, position. There are in a position of growth and uh, productivity. Uh, they in uh, their environment will be significantly uh, affected by their uh, commitment and attitude. They would have been chosen to be productive. They have a mature depth of character. Do you know a, a blessed person is a productive person? Uh, I'm talking about on the other side of Calvary. Uh, why, do, why do you say that? Because number one, when you're on the other side of Calvary, God has already assigned the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God is there. Uh, and if you lack wisdom, what do you do? Ask God. So you, you already got an in-house counselor. Uh, that can tell you everything. He knows all about you and you, and he's, he's there for anything that you're going through. You don't have to go to YouTube. First thing, go, take it to the Lord and leave it there. Leave it there. And so this whole idea of this maturity, there are a position of growth and productivity. The, their environment will be significantly affected by their commitment and attitude. Commitment and attitude. They have been chosen to be productive they have a mature depth of character. When you are blessed, you're on your way to having a mature depth of character. What happens? You'll stop reacting to things and you'll start acting. When you act, you'll bring about results. When you react, then it just stirs it, stirs it up and keep going down. That's why when it comes down to a uh, disagreement or argument, whatever the case may be, there's a point where you just shut up. I said, why? The Bible says it. Even a fool is considered wise 
when he keeps his mouth shut. There's a, you, you're in control. And in control, you always remember uh, the, uh, the Imago Day, I think it is, that, that each one of us are born made in the image of God and uh, in, in the likeness, and that we should be always treat each other with dignity. And I don't care if the person is not saved. They're still created in the image of God. This was before men were saved. It, it, God didn't change that position and made in his image and likeness. And so they are pre-Christians. Don't, don't, be, don't be in the way of them becoming another brother or sister in the Lord. Blessed are they. Blessed are they. Being blessed, I think that is so important. Being blessed is not an accident, but God's intentional actions by his sovereign choice. Okay? God's intentional action by his sovereign choice. Amen? Number two, the pursuit of the blessed man. Matthew 5, 6b. It reads as follows. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. First you see, see it from God is God who blessed and put his whole reputation behind blessing you. Now it's in your ball court. It says, what happens is, what is the effect of blessings? What happens when God really bless your life? The first thing is, uh, even with, with babies, the first one, a baby comes out, you know, first you brought him out, I was warm, taken care of and eaten. I don't care if it was in the dark. I was minding my own business. You pull me out, slap me, you know, and didn't want to calm me down. You better give me some food. And so, uh, so the first thing I want to do, I, I want to eat. So the whole thing is that when God bless us, there should be a natural, a, a spiritual a welling up of wanting to get more into God's word into a whole lot of movies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Things that are external, that's like cotton candy. You might laugh for a little bit, but it won't last long. But as you begin to hunger and thirst, you begin to see life, as Bill Gotham would say, from God's point of view. And when you begin to see life from God's point of view, you see beyond the person, but what they can be, what they should be, and how you can aid them to get there. That's called wisdom. You will not get that in college. When you, when you go to, to, to the various institutions, they help you to um, rationalize and think through and everything else. And if you think good enough along their line, then they give you a diploma to say you're smart. And so you get that, that diploma because I remember, I remember I took the test and everything, and they told me I was smart. But see, one thing that you didn't get, you can only get out of God's word, wisdom. You could be smart and not have a drop of wisdom. And there's a lot of folks who have died smart and they died deprived of the wisdom of God. Oh, you can read all of these various um, poets and what have you, and they're quotes and they're quoting left and right. But you know what the Lord said? The wisdom of the world is foolishness with God. So, so when you do that, blessed are the, the blessed are the empowered and, and driven by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit who will be with us forever. First John 14, 16, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to get this now, 
Don't let this pass you. I said it before. To be with you forever. Not, not until you die and go to be with our Lord. No, no, no. You see the total being sold out by God? Okay. The Lord will be with me forever. Say that after me. The Lord will be with me forever. One more time. The Lord will be with me forever. Now the Spirit, the Spirit will be with me forever. When you talk about the triune God, God the Father who blessed us, God the Holy Spirit is right there with us. You see, Jesus Christ who died for us. You're talking about the triune God really at work with us forever. Wow. You don't know who you are. Uh, somebody have called you something and you, li you listen more to them than what the Lord of God is saying. As Jesus Christ said, blessed are uh, so that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Amen. I think you got the idea. Let's move to the next slide then. A hunger and thirsty person is very intentional and focused. I put out some bullet points here, several. One, the objective is to achieve and receive gratification from the blessings of a righteous life. I hunger and thirst. Paul talked about, I press toward the mark of perfection. He didn't say I press so I can get the glory. No. I press to the mark of perfection, of maturity. Forgetting I, I, all those things behind and stressing forward, I press. Oh, you all know it if you're in a contest or something. You press. You study in school. You press. But when it comes down to the word of God, there should be a pressing. The next one is the objective is to organize and prioritize one everyday activity. And that's one of the things that I find myself uh, doing more and more. It is uh, being very routine as to what things must take place. Daniel was very routine, wasn't he? Uh, you find that the men of God who walks with God, they become more routine. And so one of the things I begin to do is prioritize. It don't have to be a long list. I call them the big rocks, the little rocks, and then the little sand that drops in between. So, so what's the big rock for today? Please put the Lord first. You know, and remember, in all that ways, acknowledge him and direct your path. The first thing is wake up thanking God. Before your feet hit the floor or whatever way it, it, it happens, wake up thanking God. So organize and prioritize everyday activities. Next objective is to recognize the opposition anticipated and pray for it at the beginning of the day. Recognize that when you wake up, you are waking up in a war zone. That means it can happen. You hear me say, on a what type of day? What type of day? Things will happen on an ordinary day. And... Um, and so if you prayed ahead of time, uh, when you wake up in the morning and thank God for who he is, uh, your relationship with him, and, and then to prepare yourself, Lord, I don't know what this day has to offer, but strengthen me to go through it, to glorify you through the whole process. Oh, that's so important. So important. Uh, hunger, hunger and thirsty person is a very intentional and focused person with the next three. 
The objective is to obey God in everything conscientiously. To do it, um, not because, quote, I have to. It's because I want to. I, I, my prayer is that, Lord, we're on the other side of Calvary. Help us to do things because we're doing it to please you. We don't have to worry about our salvation. That's taken care of, okay? You're still to the day of redemption. Quit looking back and let's look at where we are and where we're going forward. You're going to see him. So since you're going to see him, then I think to be more intentional and we should be more conscientious of the fact that perhaps today, while I'm talking to you right now, so much, many things are being fulfilled and some things on the agenda right now is literally mind-boggling that I wouldn't be a bit surprised that Jesus Christ would come on the scene even before I finish speaking. Everything is moving very quickly in place. Um, they, they talk about the rebuilding of the temple and they've got have they've gotten a lot of uh, articles for that to happen. Just a number of things that's taking place. And so we want to make sure that we conscientiously Praise God. The objective is to establish a state of mind that anticipates the Lord's return at any time. The objective is to have a more intimate knowledge and fellowship with God. Well, we spent two weeks on knowledge, getting to know him. I, I pray that every time you see that word knowledge, it pops out, out in your mind. You know, uh, ignorance is a bad state to be in. Uh, it's bad to be, the worst thing is to have an ignorant saint of God. I didn't say dumb. I didn't say stupid. I said an ignorant, a person who does not know and hanging out with God all this time and they're ignorant. I remember with, uh, with Kilroy, um, what happened was we went to, <laughs> we went to a church and um, and, we, and I usually, before I brought Green Cure out, we go through the books of the Bible. And um, and so that's what I did. I went through the books of the Bible and showed them all the various signs, what have you. And they were really impressed. And then one person said, um, uh, my daughter knows how to quote this. I said, oh, great. And the little girl got up, and I mean, she went genius, excellent, genius. I mean, she just went through the whole thing. And everybody was clapping. And here's the thing that threw me for a loop. The pastor said, wow, I wish I knew that. I had to, I had to, had to grab myself. I said, no, no, be cool. You both have a cool uh, countenance. And, but he was, he was serious. He said, I wish I knew this. Remember, the law of the lid. The congregation usually does not grow any higher than the level of the spirituality of his pastors that God had placed over them. And so that's why it's important to stay in the word, get you in the word, and to understand you're blessed. But you're blessed, and you should have a hunger and thirst. And if you don't have that hunger and thirst, there's something that has gone wrong. There's some, something that you're focusing on that's keeping you from uh, not looking at God and the word. What is it? Be honest before the Lord. Do not tell the congregation right now. You do, right, do it right now. Do the homework. Okay? Number three, been very patient. Number three is the promise. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. And notice what it says, for they shall be satisfied. King James probably says they shall be filled. But the whole idea is this. They'll be satisfied. God is a promise keeper. He is not a man that he should lie. 
Notice has been said that there are at least 3,000 promises of God that cover yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Now, if you, um, if you, if you do um, a search in your scripture, what have you, uh, if, you, if you outline the promises of God, you will not get that many numbers. But that's what uh, these are specific promises. God says, I promise, I promise, I promise, I promise. You see all of those. But you see, there are others he promised that is not documented uh, in the law or whatever the case may be. Um, and so here we find that the Lord have have 3,000 promises. They have yet, some have yet to be filled, fulfilled. And God has all of these promises. I think about this, the person says, standing on the promises of God. I trust that you stand. See, if you recognize that you're blessed, and if you are hungry and thirsting after uh, righteousness, then you will be satisfied. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For all the promises of God uh, find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we have uttered our amen to God for his glory. 2 Corinthians 7.1 Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of, of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of the Lord. You see, what we're aiming to is saying, hey, there, there should be a daily, like we do a daily hygienic thing to our body. There should be a, be a daily uh, spiritual hygienics uh, going into our body. Things that don't belong there, get them out. It enables you to rejoice more. It enables you to think clearly more. And all of these things happen when the Lord has his way in your life. Amen? Okay, then let's uh, go on. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness are the recipients of God's promise and are guaranteed complete satisfaction. How do I know? Because God is not one who lies. And, uh, that's his, and that's what God promises. If I bless you and you are hungry and thirst after righteousness, guess what I'll do? I will totally satisfy. Have you noticed something about when God uh, satisfied I, this verse, uh, Ephesians 3.20? Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the work, power at work in, within us. King James says, exceedingly abundantly above. God would, every time, have you noticed when God bless you, he does not just bless you for what you ask for. He has a tendency to bless you with more than you ask for. That's the, that's the father that we belong to. That's the one who loves us forever. That's the one that the Holy Spirit will be with us forever. That's the one that Jesus Christ is praying on our behalf every time that we fall down. Jesus Christ is praying that we get up and keep on walking. And that's the God that we serve. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Well, um, one last thing. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst uh, for, for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. The best is before us. And the expectation and, and anticipation and excitement to cause us to hunger and thirst for righteousness. First John 3, 2 says, Beloved, 
We are, not will be, might be, could be. We are God's children now, not in the future, now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But, but, we know, oh, there's that word no again. Wake up, no. We know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. Before our closing song, I have a little, little, little ditty song that I set the piano up for, and that is none but the righteous shall self, see uh, God. Let me go to the piano and do that, okay? Some of you familiar with the song? If, if not, it's, 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 uh, it's very simple. None but the righteous. None but the righteous. None but the righteous. Yes, yeah, Oh, I want, oh, I want to see. Oh, I want to see you. Oh, I want to see you on the other side. None but the righteous shall see God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. And we just praise the Lord for that as we sing our last song. But first, let's go in prayer. Father, help us to hunger and thirst at the righteousness. Where we are now, I know that we can be far ahead if we put our preference aside and just simply obey you. Help us, Lord, to experience lives that not only... Um, fire up our souls, but ignite those who are in our presence. Then we understand clearly about being light of the world, shining as you burn within us. I pray for the CBF family. Pray, Lord, whether in the Zoom or those here in the congregation, I pray, Lord, for each one of the believers that we start chanting none but the righteous. And blessed are the righteous. And so, Lord, I just thank you for that. 
And for those who do not know Christ, I pray that this will be the turning point in their lives. To be accepted on the other side of the cross of Calvary, to recognize that Jesus Christ died on that cross and shed his blood for our sins. And to admit that you're a sinner and you can't save yourself. And to simply say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I can't save myself, but you died for my sins. And I hereby turn my life, repent, turn completely around to you. And give my whole life to you today. For I understand. Blessed are, are those, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they shall be satisfied. None but the righteous shall see God. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, Amen.